Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about what would happen if you sneezed with your eyes open, why bird poop is two different colors, and the right and wrong way to think about wealth. Let's satisfy some curiosity. When you were a kid, were you ever dared to sneeze with your eyes wide open? And were you petrified that if you did, your eyeballs might pop out? Did this happen to you, Ashley? Oh, yeah. I mean, this happened to me until this article was written. And then I was like, okay, I feel safe. I think I could try to do it. And then I sneezed with my eyes open. You did? I did. That's why you don't have any eyes? That's why I don't have any eyes. Wow. (laughs) Shocking. No, but really, what would happen if you sneezed with your eyes open? Clearly, Ashley is still here with us with her eyes. So don't worry. Science tells us there's little truth to the idea that sneezing with your eyes open is dangerous. Though, to be fair, it could protect your eyes from the flying debris. And there certainly have been claims like the one in 1882 when the New York Times reported that a woman burst an eyeball during a sneezing fit. But those claims are almost always false. Not that sneezes aren't violent. A single sneeze can release a gust of air, pressure, and snot at up to 10 miles per hour. But experts say that the pressure is extremely unlikely to cause an eyeball to pop out, even if your eyes are open. And that's because it's not just your eyelids that keep your eyes in place. It's the half dozen ocular muscles that surround each one. The worst that can happen is you might burst a small blood vessel, which would leave your eyes looking red and bloodshot. But a lot of things can lead to burst blood vessels in your eyes, like excessive straining from heavy lifting, strenuous exercise, and even childbirth but that has nothing to do with whether your eyes are open or closed. When you're about to sneeze, your chest tightens, your throat constricts, and you unconsciously squeeze your eyes shut in anticipation. It's possible that your eyes close in order to protect themselves from whatever irritants or pollutants your nose is expelling. But what's more likely is that they close for no reason at all. It's just a reflex, like when a doctor taps your knee and your leg kicks out. And if you try really hard, you might even be able to overpower the reflex and sneeze with your eyes open. It may be unpleasant, but at least you'll still have two eyeballs when it's over. Can confirm. (laughs) What's black and white and hard to clean off your car? No, it's not zebras, at least not to my knowledge. It's time to talk about bird poop. Why is it like that? First, some background. Bird poop isn't poop so much as a sludge of poop and pee. That's why it's black and white. The black is feces and the white is urine. For a long time, scientists thought that bird droppings were corrosive and hard to clean up because of their high uric acid content. Just like other animals, birds break down nitrogen-containing chemicals in their food and turn it into uric acid. And for most animals, this comes out in their urine. It makes sense that bird excrement would act the same way. But there are also long-standing rumors that bird poop contains no uric acid. Which begs two questions. One, how do birds get rid of their uric acid? And two, why is bird poop so terrible for your car's paint job then? Nick Crouch is a scientist at UT Austin, and he first heard these acid-free bird poop rumors from his late colleague, Bob Folk. Folk had mainly studied rocks, but took a left turn in the 1960s to analyze excretions from 17 different bird species. He found no uric acid in any of them. Soon after he published his paper on the subject, though, another researcher reported uric acid in budgie droppings, and the discussion stalled. Today, though, scientists have more advanced technology that might more accurately measure uric acid content. 
This inspired Crouch to analyze bird droppings from six different bird species, from the great horned owl to your average chicken. He laid out his findings in a recent paper in the Journal of Ornithology. And like folk, he found no uric acid. So back to our questions. One, where does that uric acid go? Crouch thinks the likely answer is that bacteria in the bird's guts break it down before it's excreted. And as for question two, why does bird poop scuff up your paint? Well, the answer to that comes from car care company Autoglim, which splattered cars with acidic, neutral, and alkaline bird dropping substitutes and found no difference in the damage they caused. They say the damage is really due to sunlight warming the paint and causing it to expand while hardening any bird droppings that might be attached. Once the paint cools again, it contracts and molds itself around the texture of the bird dropping, leaving an etched appearance in the car's lacquer. So there you have it. Bird poop is bad for your paint job, but uric acid has nothing to do with it. Though you might want to get a car wash before it cools. Cody, have you ever been pooped on by a bird? No, actually. Have you? Twice. What? One time, it was on my bare skin. (laughs) I don't know if that's better or worse. I think they were both seagulls. And you grew up in the Bay Area, right? No. Oh. I grew up in Northern California. Are you asking me if we have seagulls in Northern California? Because we absolutely have seagulls in Northern California, and I absolutely lived on the coast. I believe you. Because if you had lived in the Bay Area, then it would have been bagels. (laughs) Dropping cream cheese. (laughs) It's very important to make that distinction. (laughs) Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I quit. Today's episode is sponsored by Mova Globes, rotating globes powered by light. Mova Globes don't use any batteries or messy cords. Instead, hidden magnets provide the movement. These globes turn on their own when they're exposed to ambient light using a technology that's the first of its kind. There are 40 different designs of Mova Globes, including world maps, outer space, and even famous works of art where paintings from artists like Van Gogh and Monet are carefully recreated to transform a flat painting into a three-dimensional work of art. And their outer space collection features graphics provided by NASA and JPL and includes planets, moons, asteroids, and even constellation designs. No matter which design you choose, Mova Globes are the perfect decor for a conversation starter, not to mention a great gift for the person who has everything. And we have a special offer just for Curiosity Daily listeners. Please visit movaglobes.com slash curiosity and use coupon code curiosity, that's C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y, for 15% off your purchase. That's right, 15% off. One more time, that's movaglobes.com slash curiosity. Code curiosity. Just because money can't buy you happiness doesn't mean money will make you miserable. New research suggests that when it comes to materialism, that is, the value you place on wealth and possessions, there is a right way and a wrong way to approach it. For a study published in the journal Applied Research in Quality of Life, researchers proposed that there are two dimensions to materialism, happiness materialism and success materialism. Both involve valuing money and consumption, but happiness materialism means you expect money to make you happy. Success materialism, on the other hand, involves viewing money and consumption as results of success, not as a path to happiness. To measure the effects of these two mindsets, the researchers surveyed 7,500 German adults. They asked participants questions to determine their type of materialism and how much of it they had, then looked at how that related to their reported satisfaction in life, expected satisfaction in life, and their motivations for making money. Obviously, money doesn't buy happiness. 
And the researchers found that having a happiness materialism mindset causes problems. It can make you tune out potential sources of happiness, like family and good health. It can also keep you from appreciating what you already have. If you feel unhappy, you start thinking that you need a new car, which makes you even less pleased with your circumstances. Someone who believed in happiness materialism might say, I believe my life would be better if I owned certain things I don't have. Meanwhile, a success materialist might say, I admire people who own expensive homes, cars, and clothes. It's almost the same, but success materialism acts as a more positive motivator, prompting people to plan for their financial futures and achieve key professional milestones. Success materialism looks like the better option. It's more likely to foster a healthy balance between satisfaction with life and striving for success. Maybe that old saying needs a tweak. Money can't buy you happiness, but it can motivate you to do better. Okay, so why were we excited about today's episode? Well, now we know that your eyes won't pop out of your head if you sneeze with your eyes open. It really is possible. I finally did it. I mean, my eyes really wanted to close, but I kept them open, and so I sort of squinted, but they were open. You know, you could have told me you were doing that before you did it. Like, you run the website. Don't you think it was a little risky? (laughs) (laughs) Curiosity.com could use you, Ashley. That's that's how much I trust in our research. I will put my eyes on the line. Well, good. Now that it was interesting to know what is in those droppings that you have to clean off your car. Turns out birds release both solid and liquid waste at the same time. Birds are weird. They're also dinosaurs. They are. And I also learned that there's a right way to think about money. And if you consider it a motivator for your success rather than a way to make you happy you'll just get along a lot better in life. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Mae Rice and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity.com. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. This podcast was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.